As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. He lets us know it is good to go. That's my main man, JP. I like to call him JP. Sometimes I just call him Jacob, but they both work. Sometimes people confuse JP with his brother, but he's carving his own way as one of the best in the business. Good after mid-morning. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite to noon yet as we're, we record, but uh, it's, brun- it's brunch time, right? My favorite, eh. It's in the top two. I do like brunch. I'm a big brunch guy. I get a lot of combinations, man. So how are things? Pretty good. Coming um, off a very busy weekend. Yeah. Uh, things are good on the volleyball front, at least. Well, yeah, they look explosive, kinda, don't they? Yeah. They still got a lot of things to figure out, which is a nice problem to have for a coach returning as much as he did. Yeah, going to get Nicklin back here pretty soon, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. And uh must be nice to have that kind of depth. <laughs> right, you're talking about multiple set like. He's got some got some versatility. Yeah. You got two captains and two uh, top seventy recruits um, sitting on the bench in street clothes, not playing, and uh, yet uh, he's still able to kind of roll out as many players as he did. Yeah, uh, two matches so. must must be rough. Good on Coach Cook. Uh, we'll stay away from the other game that I watched last weekend. Yeah. So, do you call what you do? You're doing quadruple, triple dipping. Some people double dip. You had high school. You had. College football, you had college basketball or college volleyball, like enough hours in the day or just a few? Well, I added a uh, high school volleyball last night as well. So let's call that the old quadruple. You hit the, you hit the foursome. My favorite time of year with, is when basketball, football, and volleyball all overlap. Those, those days are always fun. Yeah. So stay tuned in about two months. <laughs> uh, that will be that guy. I mean, coming off a. Of a, a telling week or not so much? Kind of the usual suspect. Millard South doing their thing. Um, Bellevue West kind of doing their thing. West Side holding serve in a game that even surprised me being on the staff a little bit and which how that game played out. But there were a couple of surprises and to the good, at least in my opinion. What you What'd you make of Southeast and Omaha North where North had the early lead uh, led through into the yeah. third quarter and and looked good doing so. Obviously, we're prepping for them this week, so I've watched them a ton on film. Yeah. Better than you thought at Omaha North or still feeling their way along at Lincoln Southeast? Yeah, well, we I think we talked about it with North. Like These OPS schools are wild cards, and each of them have some individual talent, and if they could find the depth to uh, on kind of – surrounding those guys and they have a chance to to be in that mix all season long this year and I think it was an impressive showing by Omaha North and you have to think 
they're only going to get better as the season goes on after they kind of get um, get back into the grind of uh, getting better week to week. And now that they've kind of faced that, I don't know. I talked to a, I, I went to Bell West Burke and I talked to Coach Ramondi there and he had said he only had three players with varsity experience. Three. That was it. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of, what those numbers are like for North. Um, but to, to come out after a year away and play right there with one of the uh, the best teams in the state. I think that's an impressive showing for them. Yeah, speaking of which, going to Omaha, Burke, I was actually pretty impressed with that, that first half. I know some people want to um, kind of detract from Bellevue West, but I would probably give Burke a little more credit uh, than I would kind of thumbing my nose up at, at Bellevue West. I thought Burke hung in there, especially in the first half, and, and there were times where they actually looked more than – than capable uh, from a competitiveness standpoint. Oh, yeah, and um, I, I talked to, uh, I said, Coach Romanji after Liam kind of wrote about just some of the challenges um, that, that they're facing uh, coming back. And, again, you mentioned three varsity players, that's it. Um, you're starting two freshmen, uh, including one on uh, on the lines. Um, and, that, and Bell. Yeah. That, yep. Cameron um, Bell. Yep, Cameron Bell. Um, and I uh, – I thought they they showed some resolve early on. They fought back because you come out the gates right away. Their first their first drive, um, bad snap, incomplete pass, dropped pass, and then a snap through the end zone for a safety. So you're down nine nothing right out the gates, and they did a good job of kind of settling in after that. And they uh, hit a 54 yard bomb over the top to Trey Starks. Um, he actually he belongs. Yeah, Trey, Trey Starks is a really good player. I he was one of the guys that I walked away from that football game feeling pretty good about in terms of his upward trajectory. He's a good football player. Yeah, and then they uh, fell behind twenty three to um, whatever, and then came back and got it down to twenty three fourteen. And um, so you're kind of feeling good right there, and then it slipped away from them after that. But still, to have a couple of the things that went wrong. Uh, early on and to be able to kind of stay in that game early it shows um, some fight there they weren't able to sustain and that's going to be uh, and coach Ramondi said toughness um, is kind of the thing that they're focused on coming out of here being able to play a full game it's been a long I thought, time since I thought they did Cooper that. showed some resolve at the quarterback spot right there were times in that first half I actually thought he was the best quarterback on the field. He, yeah, he had some really nice runs and scrambles, uh, made some big plays. He had a couple of uh, big throws, um, found uh, Ekronak tight end for a really nice gain. Again, we uh, mentioned Starks hitting him over the top. Um, ended up only completing about 50% of his passes, somewhere in that range. Um, but he, he made some nice plays. And again, uh, it's kind of... Uh, Going up against a tough defense, running for his life at times uh, with that defensive front, getting after him. Um, he definitely I- impressed as well. So Starks, uh, Ekronak, I thought, um, showed a little bit. Um, Starks um, and Caskey, that's a that's a pretty good, um, I think, little group there to start with. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because for all the gaudy stats Bellevue West put up defensively a couple of years ago en route to that state title, this defense this year – is more than capable of answering the dinner bell. I I like their personnel. Um, they got a chance to be really good defensively for all the hoopla on offense with the dual threat at quarterback with with Johansson and and Kalen and LJ and Davion Hall and <laughs> Caden Helms and Mike Riley and it just goes on and on. I, well, defensively, they got a chance to be a good football team. Yeah, they got difference makers at every level. 
And a lot of those guys were really good players last year um, that kind of played against uh, even better players that, that were seniors last year. Now those guys move on. And these guys going into their senior year, now it's their turn to kind of be the stars, to be the leaders on that defense. And I think a lot of those guys are ready for it. Didn't get a chance to watch Papio and Papio South on huddle. Um, it sounds as though Papio tried to do their best to, to not hang on and win that game. They've got an interesting one this week as they face Omaha Creighton Prep, who I think for them, the key will be finding an identity. Who do they want to be on offense? I think defensively, they've got a chance to be a pretty good football team. Offensively is where I think they have to find who they are. I'd start by handing the football off. Yeah. They are really good in the backfield. Mr. Brown can really tote the mail. Yeah, Charmar Brown. Um, And, again, we talked about they've got some some big linemen up front, so you you would think that has to be their bread and butter. Uh, Breaking in a new quarterback, trying to figure some things out there. Obviously, they lost some talented receivers on the outside last year. Um, Alex Bullock, one of the best in the state, and then A.J. Rowland as an option at at tight end. Um, So, yeah, like you said, they they got to find that identity. They've got to be able to um, make that uh, the strength of their team. It, they, they've got the personnel for it. Now they just have to go out and execute it and call it that way. Yeah, Central, uh, another team in OPS that I think is a wild card. They've got a great one this week, and we'll get to that yeah. in the previews. But if we're recapping, pretty impressive. Um, pulling away from Columbus, I think kind of that just the staying power, the resolve. If there's one team that looks the part physically, I'm going to continue to say this, especially coming out of locker room camp, I really liked Central's body types. They, <laughs> Talk about, they, about look, body type. they look like they belong. Imagine trying to tackle Jaden Bullion. <laughs> Isn't he something? <laughs> he is a monster. And, you know, people forget there are some that would lead you to believe when he was younger that he was a better basketball player than he was a football player. Then he started to grow a little bit yeah. and kind of <laughs> develop more of that football body. It, but uh, it 147 yards, four touchdowns, and then you add in uh, Page, the quarterback, um, yeah. uh, and, or Page, Page. And, and, and the quarterback. Um, that that kind of three-headed monster there. Obviously, you still got Lloyd as, as a weapon on the outside as well. So they, they've got some explosive options on offense there, and they can really run the ball. Yeah, they've got a huge one this week against Gretna yes. where you know, Zane Flores coming off – a fantastic performance offensively. It's, you had the stats, 20-29, and 29, took really good care of the football. Man, is he a more than competent quarterback. Yeah, and they, they pulled out 21-13 win against Lincoln Southwest in, in week one. Um, obviously, we talked about how much they lost last year. I think they're still trying to kind of figure out who those guys are going to be. They've got Mick Huber back at running back, but they got to find new guys on the outside for Flores to target. And uh, about 70% of his passes complete in the first week. That's kind of what he does. Um, now let's see if they can kind of open things up a little bit more this week and because, um, you know, they're going to have to score some points playing uh, up against Central this week based on what we saw. Of the, It was only week one, but has a chance to be even better than they thought. Let me give you four choices. North Platte, Bennington, Central, Millard South. Of those four, who do you kind of get the sense? Now, Millard South, was it's hard to gauge because Millard North got rolled over and rolled over early, but that offensive line for Millard South, if 
if they're remotely good, that's a different football team. Yeah. Um, Not to throw in a leading question because, I mean, Central could make the case. Do what you will with Bennington. I mean, that's going to be a really good football team. Who Of those four, who's kind of who are you watching to see if, if they can make good again? Oh, speaking of that, Miller yeah. South, Christian Nash, 187 yards and three touchdowns on seven carries. Yeah, so you, you, I watched that close, right? That was the <laughs> Thursday night game. And Miller South's ability to scheme Miller North into running the football was astounding. You could see it almost pre-snap where, okay, they're in bunch over here. They're playing man. There's only six in the box. He's working with one free defender. This could be a house call, and lo and behold, uh, they were house calls. And that's kind of what the hallmark of their offense was last year, just guys that can break off big runs. Obviously, um, T.J. Urban was a big part of that, but Christian Nash, I think, is ready for a, a bigger role this year. <laughs> he showed in that first week. and uh, But I, I think – I'm looking forward to seeing how North Platte handles this week, coming off that Aurora win, going to a Fremont team that picked up a win uh, in week one that has uh, some good players over there. Um, kind of see if they can keep that rolling um, against a Class A team here. It was an impressive win against Aurora in, in week one, but um, we'll kind of see how both those teams play out the next couple of weeks. I, I'll go with uh, Bennington, though, as the answer to your question. 45 to 20 against a, a GI Northwest team that we thought had a chance to be pretty to be good. The they were in everybody's top five, six in class B. I think they sent a message loud and clear. Well, and uh, you mentioned even injuries there um, at bird stepping in at quarterback. Uh, he wasn't even the yeah, one that was ago. originally going to um, well Traber this week, the brother um, yeah. uh, wasn't even going to be the starting quarterback <laughs> initially until injuries hit. And he stepped in and <laughs> let an offense put up, uh, 45 points, and um, I, I, you just look at some like Caden Bloom, 156 yards on three catches, it's good two touchdowns, it's good football player. Just That's a pretty get, efficient just, day. Just getting started too. <laughs> so, play, yeah, it's a good football player. Well, so we started there, but how about the leading rusher uh, in Week One, at least uh, among the teams that um, that re- reported, uh, Dylan Mostick. 25 carries for 355 yards and five touchdowns. Oh, I don't care who you're playing against. That's a, Those are big boy numbers. <laughs> yeah, those, no those, those are big boy numbers. I'm curious. I'll stay and be here just for a second because it's kind of an intriguing matchup. Now, this game just may as well be 10-9. It's kind of a feel it gets, but Waverly and Scott uh, this week, is that the marquee matchup for you in, in Class B? I think so, just based on what Waverly brought back, what Scud is as a program, and kind of what you expect from that team. Um, I think I, I marked down three games, and that was the first one I wrote down. You got um, number one versus number four in, in the latest World Herald rankings there. Um, Waverly handled, the, uh, I think, uh, an improving Elkhorn North team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how all their teams um, handle year two coming up. Last year, obviously, first year as a school you're playing a lot of underclassmen on, on all their teams uh, no seniors really or no seniors and so this year um 20 to 14 that's an impressive showing by Elkhorn North they, I think they can run the ball a little bit now let's see um this week once Elkhorn North um they got another tough one in Norris um Norris who, lost so much though Whoops. yeah 2018 lost to Elkhorn uh in week one for Norris um they still got um Houseman at quarterback um, so that's kind of a good place to start, but, um, yeah, I think 
That that Scott Waverly, that's definitely the one I think most people, it's Friday night game, will kind of have their eyes on and be. Hopping back uh, to A, we we touched on it briefly. I think it's I think they're our fault, right? Is it our fault that we don't think better of Elkhorn South? Uh, I think that's going to be a pretty good football team, and for even the good ranking that they have, they still kind of seem like an afterthought. That's where I'm planning to be on Thursday. Um, Elkhorn <laughs> South against Miller South. I think yeah. uh, um, that will be, be the one. game. Yeah, and we'll see. I think 35-21, kind of a methodical win for Elkhorn South in week one uh, against Millard West. Um, didn't necessarily blow them away, but Millard West, again, is a quality well, program yeah, well coached. when healthy. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, I think, quality 1-0 start. Um, you kind of got the first game under your belt. You kind of have a feel for the new guys filling in there and now uh, rolling into week two. Elkhorn um, South has to probably feel like they won't let one get away. Last year against Millard South, where <laughs> they were seemingly in control of that game until late, ended up losing 17-14. But that was, was a game in which too? I watched. Yeah, yeah, we actually, we were yeah. both there, where you got the sense that Elkhorn South seemed to be the better team, but couldn't. They never bought. I yeah. mean, that was kind of the difference, right? Where just a guy making plays late. Stanger had the great clutch catch. Um, that one should be extremely physical. Where are you setting the over-under rushing yards in that game between be, the two teams? It'll be high. <laughs> right? I mean, especially compared to balls via the air. Yeah. Right? There will be a ton of ground and pound. We'll see if Millard South's offensive line can continue to improve. Was last week more of a Millard North thing, yeah. or will that be the way that they're capable of playing? Yeah. M6 is a big boy in the middle that they're going to have to deal yes, with. Yes, he is. And they've got Mr. Noonan and Coy yeah, Wilkie. And uh, that front seven for yeah. Elkhorn South is is pretty good. But that's not to be outdone, right? We've got Elkhorn South, Millard South with the top four matchup. You've got Omaha North and Omaha West Side, which for me is a little... It's a little scary just because obviously emotions yeah. rev high, right? Having spent nine years at Omaha North, I know this team very, very well. But the fact that North hadn't played for a year. They came out of the gates and had the good, strong first half. I think they're learning to how to put four quarters together. Usually you make the most progress from week one to week two. Omaha Westside coming off the win against Omaha Prep, in which I don't feel like we played particularly well. I know the kids don't feel like they played particularly well. The rest of the staff doesn't feel like they played particularly well. So plenty of room for growth in that one. What are you looking forward to outside of the emotions that will be revving really, really high for this one? Well, yeah, like you said, kind of making that leap from week one to week two. Uh, for North coming off a year of not playing, for Westside, you got a lot of young guys playing, yeah. stepping up. Um, so I, I think Colby Brown in his second start there, kind of how – how does he do kind of running the show, um, being steady uh, in the backfield, making the, the plays he needs to, um, and then how well can they get the the running game? You, you mentioned that you guys didn't have quite as much success on the ground as you w- were hoping to yeah. heading into that game. Um, so that's something to build off for sure, obviously, with Dom Rizak, one of the best in the state. That's, that's a good place to start. Now you just got to execute a little bit better and uh, be able to do what you want to do. And not to be outdone by Omaha Central and Gretna. Right, I mean, something has really got to give, and that one, the size and power 
of Omaha Central and kind of the pinpoint accuracy and attention to detail from from Gretna. Central secondary will be tested if they don't get pressure on Mr. Flores. Yeah, and that that's the key. Um, if you let him just stand back there and play catch, he will pick you apart. Yeah, their quick game is fantastic. One of the better screening teams uh, in the state, I feel. Uh, it's start good screen teams start with good quarterback plan, active offensive lines. I, I worry about. I do worry a little bit about Gretna kind of being able to hang in there. Uh, that that's a that's a big strong front that they'll be seeing from Omaha Central. Yeah, and. Uh, just kind of looking at what Gretna did last week. Um, uh, TJ Silliman, eight catches, 53 yards. And then beyond that, you had um, another player with five catches. And then it was one, 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 one. So he can spread it out. You, <laughs> There's not really one guy that you can load up on this year for this uh, Gretna passing attack. So you're going to have to be able to um, to hold up and coverage uh, along the back end there. Um, and that'll, te- that'll test uh, Central's depth in the back end. Um, where, again, that's kind of the question for all the OPS teams. How deep can you go? Um, how many uh, experienced players do you have coming back? Um, and how ready are those guys for this moment? What other matchups do you kind of like in, in Class A that have your attention on Friday? I think those are the, the three big ones. But like I said, uh, North Platte against Fremont's not necessarily the, the top teams playing each other, but that is, I think, an interesting uh, data point for North Platte and what they're going to look like. Obviously, Vince Genitone, uh, he's a, monster he's in kind one. of He's a hard cap, but you look at the stat line with 17 tackles <laughs> and his ability to control the game on both sides of the ball. It almost doesn't matter what his measurables are sometimes when you watch him play. He's a machine. Yeah, and Fremont's got a good quarterback, a multi-sport kid in Carter Sintek, a really good baseball player, knockdown shooter in basketball. Um, pretty efficient week one for him, 13 to 17 passing. Um, we've got Micah Moore, good, good athlete back there as well. So they, they've got some pieces. So that, that'll be another test for North Platte to kind of see, all right, do you belong? They, they're kind of in there at number eight uh, in the late, latest rankings after that impressive win over Aurora. Um, so this will be another kind of step forward for them. What, you th- what do you think you'll figure out in prep in Papio? If if prep can kind of get to what we're talking about, if they're able to control the action at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, we, we talked about kind of Papio and some of their injuries heading into the season. Um, we talked about the, the running game potential for prep. Yeah, playing without Moni and Caden. Yeah. I mean, that, and getting a week one win, you never want to thumb your nose up at that. Yeah. It's Depth is hard to come by at the high school level, and Papillion found a way to get that one done. Yeah. So looking for. 200, 300 yards rushing for, for prep this year. Um, you got to get Charmar Brown going. It, that's, it's got to be him. He is so good. Yeah. Um, one of the better, kind of how I feel about Trey Starks, right? One of the better kept secrets. You know, Trey obviously had to sit idle um, without being able to play a year ago. He burst onto the scene, but Charmar Brown had a chance to play last year. Kind of not as big a role. He yeah. grew into that a little bit, but... One of the better running backs, I think, right now. And he belongs in that that upper tier when you look at some of the quality rushers like an L.J. Richardson, a Dom Rezac. Charmar Brown is in that discussion. Yeah, he kind of played, got some experience, but played behind some older guys last year. Now it's his show. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. He definitely looks apart. And, again, if they can control things up front – 
they can get him some holes, he's got a chance to bust off some big ones and kind of run through some tackles there. So um, I, I think that'll be the key in that one for sure. Which game do you think will be the most telling in Class B? I know you like some yeah. of the good matchups. Is it simply Waverly and Scud, given where the two teams are ranked, or is there a sneaky one that you think will be a good barometer? I think it is that Scud Waverly. Um, we saw in week one Scud against Ron Colley take care of business. Um, they obviously lost a lot from last year. Ron Colley's got a few good players, but I don't necessarily know that they've got the depth to, to compete with a, a program like Scud. So now this week, you got Cole Murray back there at quarterback. Um, you got some athletes there. They can absolutely run the ball. So Scott's going to be tested defensively up front for sure. Um, and we'll have to see kind of h- how ready they are to deal with a, a rushing attack like Waverly's. All right. They're all good, but arguably the best slate of games that you may see on one particular Thursday and Friday night. A ton of good games. Uh, what you guys want to see, let us know. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. That's the music you hear in the background. We'll be back next Wednesday, same time. It's Nebraska Preps post game. Don't you miss us.